For most people, hiking to Araroa, the 3,000-kilometre trail from Cape Ringa in the north to Bluff in the south, just putting one foot in front of the other is enough to think about. But Sarah Adams set herself the extra challenge of doing a small oil painting on plein air every day of the five-month-long trek. Paintings from that adventure have just gone on show in an exhibition she calls Late to the Hut. Sarah is currently working for the Department of Conservation on the Hen and Chicks Islands in Northland, and she's painting what she sees there too. Sarah, kia ora. Hi. Oh, you're sounding wildly <laughs> enthusiastic. As I say, walking <laughs> to Araroa is a, a big enough challenge. Why did you want to add uh, this into the mix? Uh, I guess that includes carting your paints along with you as well. But but this extra element to what is an absorbing kind of adventure. Yeah, um, well, I just really enjoy plein air painting, which is painting from life um, in oil paints. And... I thought it would be a bit of a crazy plan to try and combine it with the walk. Um, I yeah, got a box designed that would carry all the paintings um, so the faces wouldn't touch and the oil could dry. And I had a palette box that had all my oils and paintbrushes and just thought, you know, I'll start and hopefully paint every day but see how I get on. And then, um, yeah, just sort of made it happen every day. And now there's... 141 paintings. <laughs> That's interesting about the box here because I was a bit worried knowing how oil takes a while to dry. You know, it can be pretty sticky and temperamental. But oil is clearly the the paint you most love. Why is that? Um, well, I guess perhaps watercolour or acrylic would be the most logical thing to take. A lot more transportable than oil. I really like the richness of oil paint. Um, yeah, the colours that you don't really get and, you know, the vibrancy of the colours you don't really get in watercolour. And also, I guess, plein air painting, there's, like, quite a long history of that in oil. I think, you know, those early impressionists that went out and did those first initial sketches um, in the oil. So I guess I sort of wanted to, you know, speak to that in a little way as well. Um, And, yeah, why not make it even more? Of a crazy challenge. <laughs> I mean, so so many artists, for many reasons, often work from photographs or other resources. What is it about on plain air painting that you love so much? Um, I really enjoy the time that's in the painting. Like a photograph is what, like a one hundredth of a second, whereas plain air painting is two to three hours. So everything's changing you know the clouds are moving shadows are moving there's sand flies and rain and so many different things and I think that all comes into the painting like it's not just one snapshot of time it's yeah I guess the paintings are kind of full of time um yeah and I I was just reading that you know you I mean you could have painted the really the best known landmarks you know the most famous parts of the the landscape along the way Uh, but I understand that you didn't deliberately do that you know you were looking for other things yeah well I guess yeah the whole landscape scenery um you know there's obviously very classic things in New Zealand Maida Peak and you know all of the lakes and the south um but yeah I guess because I was walking the slowness of that I really wanted to find 
a moment every day and to depict them all the same scale. So to put those, you know, really iconic places, Walter Peak and Lake Hawea next to, you know, like some fairly mundane plains in the Waikato or urban, like urban Auckland. Um, yeah, to have them all at the same scale, I guess to sort of draw importance to all of them. Um, what were some of the what were some of the the delights along the way? As you say, some landscapes that maybe weren't so dramatic, but actually you really enjoyed as you sat there and took time um, to really look at them as you painted them. What were some of your favourite places? Yeah, I really, to be honest, I really loved the Waikato. I wasn't overly excited for it. Um, but, yeah, the like vast expansiveness of those plains were just very, very incredible. Same with, you know, some of the lesser-known places in Canterbury and Otago and even Southland, you know, places that aren't super well-known for their beautiful scenery. But I think just being so immersed in the landscape and, just yeah, walking through it. I think I sort of would see moments that if you were driving down State Highway One, 100 k's an hour, perhaps you'd miss. Um, yeah, just being really feeling very connected to the land. You know, eating and sleeping and walking and just really living in it for five months. I think you really were able to connect with moments that perhaps you'd normally miss. I was thinking too that given you work for the Department of Conservation, you may be looking at some of those landscapes uh, in a slightly different way to people just walking through. You know, you you understand the impact on the uh, environment of of human beings, of climate change. You know, there's an awful lot of risks to some of these fragile environments, these fragile landscapes that you were painting along the way. I guess you were conscious of that too. Yeah, well, I actually have started working for Doc Post trail um i have a degree in architecture that i've never actually used um but yeah i think i sit out to you know see new zealand and there are many 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 beautiful beautiful places but yeah i was definitely very struck by how far-reaching and detrimental our impact has been even in places that you know you really wouldn't expect just the you know the lack of birds and yeah, I could go on and on, but um, yeah, there's we're definitely uh, having some pretty pretty crazy effects what we're doing on the land, which is why yeah, when I'm working for Doc out on these islands now, it's just a total contrast to anything I've experienced on the trail. To seeing the bird life and the reptiles and the trees, it's just really incredible to see what the land can look like when we. Are not there, I guess. Love the title of the show, Late to the Hut. I imagine that's what happened <laughs> sometimes. I mean, did you did you find yourself sometimes so lost in the the work that you were indeed late to the hut? Yeah. So yeah, it could have been late to the hut or it could have been never made it to the hut. But <laughs> um, yeah, I often just would get so immersed in the painting that I'd finish and realise that I'd been there for way too long. Sometimes I'd stop painting and realized that I was freezing cold or that I was starving or that I really need to go to the toilet and just wasn't it was just so immersed in what I was doing um but yeah there were many many pretty much every night where I was walking very late or walking in the dark or ending up having to pitch my tent because I never made it to the hut 
but um, <laughs> it was all part of the adventure. Um, yeah. I should ask you about the size of the works in case people think that we're we're talking major scale, which was even more impressive. What size were you working here? So they were really quite small. They were sort of uh, around A6, which people like to compare to a postcard size, just so I could physically fit them in my pack um, and be able to carry them with all the other gear that's required for the trail. Um, and the box that I built could fit 30 paintings at a time. So they all slotted in and, yeah, took 30. Yeah. How was the, what was the weather like? I was just thinking, I mean, one of the downsides of on-plane air painting is when there's a sudden downpour. And we know that, you know, the weather's <laughs> been fairly um, temperamental over the last few years. Did you ever get caught out? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes because oil paint is not water-based, you can sort of push through a little bit of rain. But, yeah, there was times when I sort of had to give up or the paint. There are a few where the paint's just sort of separated and it's obvious that it's just been totally saturated. Um, but, yeah, probably the sand flies were more of an issue in places than the rain. They were very, very pesky. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's never fun, is it? Look, I've got to say, I mean, the Hen and Chicks Islands, uh, and you mentioned this before, where, you, where you're working now, I, I, I haven't, I don't think I've even seen pictures of it. So with your plein air painting, what are you, what are you painting while you're there? Yeah, um, I'm not painting as much as I, I guess, was intending to. The work's very um, physically demanding, but I'm doing a lot of paintings of the trees. There's trees that I've never really encountered and the size and scale and that sort of grandeur are on the islands. Um, there's also just the most incredible birds, tuataras, a lot of drawing of the tuataras and birds. There's... um these different seabirds that nest in burrows in the ground so they crash into the trees in the evening and sort of are very disorientated and then kind of flap their way around and go into the burrows and they share burrows with the tuataras so the tuataras come out at night and the birds go in and yeah it's just a totally awesome ecosystem that I've never really experienced before. Oh, Kapai, Sarah, at least the uh, the tuatara should most of the time pose nicely for you, unlike birds, which seldom do. <laughs> Lovely to talk to to that. Sarah Adam, her new exhibition, Late to the Hut, has just opened at Depot Art Space in Tamaki Makoto.